Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Sometimes we try to beat our stresses and worries all together. Another pill, another prescription refill, another glass, another boozy night out, another line, another bite. We've become a pill generation medicated for anxiety or we intentionally attempt to see if there's something it's trying to tell us or if there's a natural way to manage it. But what if anxiety is not a burden at all, but it is a unique gift? What if that tension we feel is in fact a powerful force of energy that we, the anxious, possess and that other so-called normal people don't? What if our anxiety, when channeled in the right way, can give us an edge? What if that edge is our secret to helping us accomplish our greatest dreams, those that most people can't even conjure? What if that rush of nervous energy we sometimes feel, that adrenaline, is a blessing? What if it's all supposed to be this way? What if there's a way to not just survive, but to thrive with anxiety? My guest today believes that there is, and I just read an excerpt of his book. Julian Brass is the author of the international bestseller, Own Your Anxiety. He's also a global keynote speaker, anxiety coach, and entrepreneur. Julian's book provides 99 comprehensive and digestible tools to help people all over the world to own their anxiety and to truly own their lives. Ariana Summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically, and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting-edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Julian, thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to be here. And wow, you are a phenomenal speaker. Oh, you're most kind. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And you know, I'm especially thrilled to speak with you today because anxiety has been a lifelong issue for me. Um, I actually was anxious preparing for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I find that so hard to believe. I'm telling you, I think I've never heard anyone read part of my book so eloquently. So Thank you so much. And you know, I'd like to jump right into it. What does own your anxiety mean? I have to tell you, because of what you were just kind enough and and, uh, vulnerable enough and open enough to share with everyone listening and myself that you were feeling anxious preparing for this. And here I am, you know, sort of uh, praising how well I thought you just spoke. That's actually, and everyone listening, this is not scripted at all. That's actually the exact message behind Own Your Anxiety. So what better way to explain what the whole uh, thesis of the book is than to actually use a real-time example. You were anxious preparing for today, and you just totally crushed your intro, in my opinion. Um, That is owning your anxiety at work. My belief is that anxiety is energy, and often it is negative energy that is just so powerful that our body, i.e. our vessel of which we go through life, doesn't know how to handle all of the energy. So instead of us, you know, being able to take that energy and, and, you know, really, really control it and direct it to the things that we care to control and direct it towards, you know, like, doing great job on a podcast or like getting really creative when it's time to brainstorm or like being really charismatic at a networking event or when you go on stage or, you know, showing up as an amazing, vibrant parent, whatever the case may be, we often don't take the energy and use it to our advantage. Instead, it's so much energy that we're like, oh my gosh, what do I do with all of this? I'm freaked out. I'm anxious. I can't I can't relax. My heart's beating so fast. You know, I I have dry mouth. I have butterflies in my stomach, whatever the case may be. We all get it differently or sometimes we get all the above. But the thing is that if we have the tools mentally, physically, and sometimes even spiritually to take the energy and then learn how to harness it 
and channel it from negative to positive, from sometimes debilitating for certain people to facilitating, again, like I think you just did, or like an incredible stage performer does when they go to perform or an athlete does when they go to play their sport, then that's how we own anxiety. And I really believe, and I can tell you from personal real life examples in my own world, uh, that all of us are able to do it, except for a very, very, very small fraction of anxiety sufferers who truly have severe clinical anxiety with the right mindset and lifestyle decisions, we can all actually own our anxiety. That's a beautiful explanation and puts it into perspective. I also love your take on how anxiety is an energy and that we can shift it. What I really loved when I did the research on you is your journey and how your own journey fueled your passion for and your desire for helping other people own their anxiety and really be in have agency over their lives instead of having it run by anxiety. And I'd love for you to share some of your background. You were actually the founder and former CEO of an award-winning Canadian media company, Notable. Uh, Notable Life, uh, which was a online brand to inspire millennials to live a notable life. So you had a very big success early on and were in a pretty high energy and um, stressful environment. And would you mind sharing with us your journey from where you were at there as a successful entrepreneur to where you're now? With pleasure. So back in 2008, I launched Notable and um, the business is actually still up and running. I sold it in 2017. Um, and basically what it is, is a solution to inspire young, driven professionals, millennials, really, to live what we always called a notable life. So it was all about inspiring them to live that well-balanced lifestyle, balancing professional life and personal life. Um, incorporating health and wellness into their life in um, incorporating different ways to give back to the world and charities and ultimately how to become that well-rounded, successful uh, young professional. And that was sort of what the content was all about and who, what the community was all about. And then from a business standpoint, we worked with you know all the sort of name brand companies you can think of across various sectors from from finance to automotive to fashion to alcohol to uh, health and wellness. And we would help them reach this audience in a really sort of unique, uh, clever type of way that would add value to the, to the community, but also really incorporate uh, the brand messaging that these different clients of ours were trying to get across to this demographic. So that was sort of the business model. Eventually, a few years into it, we launched the Notable Awards, which were really, really cool. And they're still up and running as well uh, post-COVID. I'm sure the owners of Notable will put on another fantastic Notable Awards show. Basically, it's like the Golden Globes for uh, young professionals across Canada. So recognizing over 50 different industries. And it's really a feel-good celebration. It was a great ride for me, nine years of running the business. I started it on my own at 24 years old back in 2008. And, you know, I was this young, hungry entrepreneur who, uh, before I started, didn't have a worry in the world, really. I was fortunate enough to get a job down in Silicon Valley for a couple of years before where I really learned so much about the internet world. And I had some incredible mentors. And then I decided to get back to Canada and start, start up Notable. Ironically, I not started up that company and got an anxiety for the first time in my life uh, by virtue of bootstrapping a startup. Uh, you and I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. You wouldn't even know who I am. So that's the irony about how life kind of works out uh, if we look back and we are able to connect the dots. Usually life always offers us those dots to connect. For me, it was the beginning of my full-time uh, entrepreneurial life back in 08, 09, where I got, I got anxiety really badly. And um, I, you know, had a couple of really outdated ideas, ideologies in my mind about 
A, how an entrepreneur is supposed to show up in the world and B, what it means to be, quote unquote, a real man. And, Mm. you know, at 24 in 08, uh, the world wasn't like it is today where, you know, it was it was encouraged to talk about your mental health and it was encouraged for men to become more vulnerable. Back then, it was like, oh, you're an entrepreneur and you're scared. You can't be a serious entrepreneur. And, right. oh, you're, you're a male and you're afraid? <laughs> what kind of man are you? Right? So yeah. I let all of this go to my head, coupled with, uh, or compounded, I should say, by the fact that I was just trying to be taken seriously as a 24-year-old entrepreneur going after major clients that I suffered silently. I was so afraid of the unknown. You know, anxiety is generally stemming from fear of the unknown. I was flat broke, could hardly pay rent for my apartment. I was, you know, literally living on canned food. So, so challenged to, to even, you know, like go and buy good groceries. Um, and I was just trying to figure out how to, you know, float myself long enough to actually start generating revenue from the business that, um, you know, I was, I was just super scared and super anxious about life. And, you know, eventually uh, after several like super frightening bouts, like I'm talking, I went to get 40 bucks from the ATM once and it just said in red writing negative $36. And I was like, how am I going to pay rent in a week? Like it was that kind of sort of life that I was living. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will appreciate what I'm about to say. Uh, I thought that I could just sort of self-medicate. So I thought that, you know, if you're feeling anxious and you worked a 14th or 16 hour day, you know, that means just go and get messed up with your friends, go to a nightclub, go to a party, drink as much as you want, do what you want with, you know, any type of substance that you feel like might help you and might temporarily relieve the pain that you feel inside and, you know, get into shitty relationships, take you nowhere you know, you know, eat what you want, do what you want. And as long as you show up to your computer the next day, you know, it's all good. You know, and it only makes everything worse. It only yeah. makes everything worse, you know, the next day or days after all the garbage in your body just messes with your, your levels and your serotonin, your cortisol. The next thing you know, everything is just so much worse. So anyway, to jump forward, eventually, uh, thanks to stumbling into a yoga class for the first time, uh, I actually experienced a moment of inner freedom that I had never known. And my anxiety was gone for just a minute in that 90-minute heated yoga class, 40 degrees. I almost died, <laughs> but I had a minute of bliss. And it was in that minute that I, I, I truly, you know, I transformed. It's not like I transformed forever like that, a snap of my fingers, but I realized that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I realized that I possess everything I need inside. And if I could start to get that feeling to be something that I actually live with and experience more frequently, then I figured, hey, maybe there's a way that I can actually like own my anxiety. And I started Mm. to put that idea into practice. And I would, at first, I would experiment with my business. So I would, you know, feel myself getting anxious before a big business uh, meeting or a big business presentation. And I thought to myself, you know, if, if a pro athlete, or a musician, when they're going out there in public to do their thing, if they're able to take that energy and transform it, and then it makes them like superhuman almost, maybe I can do the same because, you know, I'm a person, they're people. We're not built that differently. I thought to myself, I know it sounds clear or basic, but, you know, from a DNA uh, genealogy perspective, we're actually pretty close to each other. So I was like, hey, maybe I can get athlete level with my anxiety. I started to do just that and it became my secret edge. And I would go into these presentations and I would almost like, you know, I would lie if I said I was like really meditating back then, but I was kind of getting into a meditative like state where I would try to look at the energy and picture myself transforming it. And then I would go into those boardrooms and I would just rock the house, a little startup, like, you know, generally it was just me in there with, you know, going sort of selling, selling a group of five to 10 professionals and um, going up against, you know, the biggest media companies in the country. And I would often get the deals because of the anxiety. So eventually I just said, you know what, I want to, um, I want to learn more about all this stuff. So on the side, 
thankfully the business started to do quite well. And I was all of a sudden I had money for the first time in a very long time. And I also had some uh, more free time because I started to hire great employees to work at the company. I would go and learn much more about uh, wellness, about holistic living, mindset, uh, spirituality, all the, all these great holistic uh, tools and modalities. And, you know, fast forward, as I learned more just for myself at the beginning, you know, I never, I, I still have those wounds from when I had no money and no time and no one to talk to. I think I always will remember what that was like. And that became motivation for me to help others uh, who don't have the ability to go and spend money or, or have the time to learn the tools in order for them to own their anxiety too, right? Because I'll never forget what it was like when I couldn't even fathom doing right. any any investment into myself superhumanize the wounds that we had or have they're not a bad thing they help us understand others and if we can and if we wish to do so we can pick them up and extend a hand a hand to them on right where they are at with their own journey and maybe share some of our experiences and help them level up too and yeah. I also really, really think it's super important to note what you said, that you found that this was inside you, the first experience that you had with this one minute of peace and calm when you took your first yoga class, that this is something we have inside of us and that this energy also can give you an edge, this anxious energy. You actually transformed it into something positive that gave you the edge to make things happen in a highly competitive business. So these, this is also what I really love about your book. It's positive. It's not about repressing. It's about reframing and rechanneling mm -hmm. this energy of anxiety. And I think, you know, what a lot of people don't realize, even people who are anxious and suffer from anxiety is that in the U.S. and Canada alone, there are over 45 million adult sufferers of anxiety and that it's actually the most common mental disorder in North America. However, people still often want to hide their anxiety because they're ashamed. I know that. I've, I've been in that place. And so I'd like to know from you, how can we become more open with others about our anxiety and whether that's at the workplace or whether it's with family and friends. It's for sure becoming more and more mainstream to talk about uh, our anxiety, uh, if we're feeling stressed, if we're feeling burnt out, 100%. I think, and I think that's fantastic. I think that's really, really important. And I just love this, this sort of collective awakening that is just continuing to happen uh, amongst humans. So that being said, I, I still do think that we need to be tasteful and very uh, intentional about how we share and when we share, you know, uh, workplaces are certainly trying to be more open and uh, accepting, you know, vulnerability amongst their employees and teams. However, at the same time, you know, we got to be tasteful. Like I said, you know, if you're, Okay, for instance, in my book, Own Your Anxiety, there's 99 different tools that I share across three different sections, own your body, own your mind, own your soul. And the reason why I made it kind of a la carte is because it's not always one size fits all when it comes to anything health related, but it's also um, not like you can use any one of the 99 tools at every given time in your life, right? Like, for example, one of the tools is move your body. So if you're feeling anxious, you know, there's a lot of data and science out there that if you move your body, you will shift that anxious energy. And, you know, ultimately it will lower, it will be reduced. And, you know, you can then, let's say, harness it and use whatever's remaining for, uh, for good. That being said, if you're going into a boardroom, I wouldn't suggest using the move your body uh, idea because if you jump on that table and start like moving and dancing and doing push-ups, your clients are going to look at you like you were absolutely off your rocker, right? So, but that's why there's other tips in there, like how to breathe for anxiety, you know what I mean? Or how to reframe it in your mind. So 
I think that we have to be really smart about when we share and how we share and what we share. Okay. First, that being said, I definitely wholeheartedly believe at this point in, in where we are as humans, that if you are to open up at the right place and right time, you know, with mature, caring people, they will 100% embrace you and love you and probably relate to you if you're feeling anxious and if you've ever suffered from anxiety. And I think it opens up a really beautiful, vulnerable, authentic, not to use such like catchy, cliche buzzwords, but, but really they're the right words for this topic. They will, they will open up that vulnerable, authentic connection between you and your coworkers. And that is huge because that's when it goes from a transactional, you know, relationship to a real symbiotic, caring, empathetic, compassionate relationship, which is what the essence of any relationship really should be anyways, you know? And then with family, I want to say this, I want to say that I think family, everyone has their own dynamic and I don't want to you know, hop on your podcast and pretend that I can speak to the dynamic of every family because they're really so different. But that being said, you know, if there's ever a place where I think we should feel that we can just be heard and be seen and not have to put on the mask, it is with family. Um, Not only when we're doing the sharing, but also when family is sharing with us. So I just encourage everyone to really try to show up for family, show up without judgment, show up without, you know, well, that's what you said a year ago or five years ago. And just show up again and again and again with a blank canvas and a clean mm-hmm. slate for the person who's sharing. Because I think that that is also uh, a source where so much of our either positivity towards life or negativity towards life actually uh, originates from is, is our family dynamics, right? And I can tell you from firsthand experience, it's never too late to change those dynamics. And in fact, as we grow and evolve, if we're able to... Um, let our familial relationships also grow and evolve and, you know, be open to being a student in those relationships. I really think that's when those relationships can just go to new levels. And it's such a beautiful thing when Mm. we sort of fall into deeper connection with our own family members. Superhumanize. That is a beautiful insight, Julian, just showing up with a blank slate, being in the now and not harboring onto things in the past or, you know, thinking about what may be in the future. Just be in the now, show up. Uh, yes. Um, and, and to know that these dynamics can also evolve. We do not need to hold on to rigid patterns that don't serve us anymore personally or within our families. Um, you know, something that I think is important also for listeners that may not be acquainted with what anxiety is, but they may know somebody they care about that they love who suffers from it is that there's a difference between feeling anxious and having anxiety. Uh, I think most everyone feels anxious sometimes, you know, you have a stressful situation at work or you're, you're breaking up with someone. So it's totally normal to feel a little bit anxious. Um, But that's different from actually having anxiety. Mayo Clinic says, experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reach a peak within minutes. And what they mean here is uh, panic attacks. I know those well. I've had them on a few occasions in my life. And also the another important thing to know about anxiety is that it can, and you already mentioned that it can look completely different from person to person. Um, it's not a one size fits all thing you said. However, there there is a, a common consensus that of course anxiety is caused by a lot of different things and you know it manifests in a lot of different ways. However, there are two main reasons why anxiety typically shows up. Which are those, Julian? That is the question that I think is very subjective. I think there's a lot, a lot of theories about why anxiety shows up. What are the two that, that you are familiar with? I'm familiar with the, um, the something that's actually not happening, but a worry of what could happen and uh-huh. where I get stuck in my own head and it just keeps revolving about around this what if thing. <laughs> Fear of the unknown. 
Yeah, and sometimes maybe even manifesting it because, you know, it doesn't exist, but I'm manifested into existence by just running around in circles in my head. Uh-huh. And the other thing is, and even though this can be completely different for everyone, but when something in real life actually triggers it, and the triggers can be different for anyone, uh, for me, sometimes they can be things that may seem ridiculous to others because they just don't, doesn't trigger anxiety for them. But doing certain types of paperwork, uh, tax returns, <laughs> stuff like that. Or sometimes it can even be something like um, uh, having to pull out of uh, traffic and in order to gas my car. So these are the two different reasons anxiety can show up for me, for example. Okay, got it. Got it. And, you know, to add another another reason that, one might get anxiety. And, and this is why I mentioned, I don't think that we can limit it to two because there's really, it's, it's such a subjective experience. Uh, you know, another thing is, is as basic as having too much caffeine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Right? Boom. Right. Like if, if I go and, you know, drink five espressos in oh. five hours, I will be anxious. Straight up about what? I don't know, but my body will know. My body's going to be all like, like, you know, jittery and, and it's going to feel some sense of anxiety. And I think the biggest sort of takeaway from this part of our, of our conversation that I would love to share with your listeners is that anxiety is our inner guru. It is our life alarm. It is our insides trying to tell us something. And what it's trying to tell us could be something that is very, what I would generally uh, categorize as physical or metaphysical. So physical is, you know, the caffeine example, or maybe it's being dehydrated. Often, you know, we don't know we're dehydrated uh, until long after we're dehydrated. And the body, when it gets into a state of hydration, will often start to feel some type of anxiety on a physical level, on a, on a cellular level. You know, lack of sleep can sometimes create anxiety. You know, there's oh, so yeah. many things. If you feel like you're in danger, you may feel anxiety. Very physical things. If you have too much sugar, that might create anxiety. If you do drugs, that might create anxiety. Too much alcohol, that could create anxiety. So these are all very physical creators and triggers of anxiety. But then there's the metaphysical, which essentially is everything outside of the physical. And that's much more of the sort of higher level uh, mindset related alignment based uh, or values based decisions and thoughts that, you know, we all deserve to check in with ourselves and uh, ask ourselves, how are we feeling about our relationship? How are we feeling about our professional life and what we're doing, right? How are we feeling about our physical environment, where I'm living? Does it, does it, does it feel right to me, for example? And it's stuff like this that is outside of just the physical, you know, what am I putting in my body, but rather what am I putting into my aura and into my mind that can also be a huge trigger of anxiety, right? So many people listening right now, I'm sure, have been in a negative relationship and wanted to get out, but been afraid to, you know, make the move to get out. And in that, in that, that, that gap between knowing where you want to go and going there, anxiety lives, right? Same thing with when someone wants to quit a job, let's say, or like launch a business, it's in that gap between where you are right now and where you want to be, whether that means quitting the job and finding a new one or whether it means starting your business. It's in that gap that often there's a lot of anxiety. So mm. these are some of the major ways that, you know, anxiety can come up for people. And I really suggest everyone, you know, to just give yourself some space if you're feeling anxious uh, to do two things. First of all, in the moment, try to get out of the moment by just realizing that this is a sensation that you're feeling and then start to ask yourself, well, what can I do about the feeling? And that's where a book like mine really comes in handy because it's very practical. You can actually implement tips right there on the spot. And then you can take the energy and harness it and use it for good. But the second thing is this, 
not enough people after the anxious episode happens, look back, you know, hours later or a day later, or even a week later and say, Hey, Julian, like as if I was talking to myself right now, Hey, Julian, you know, last Tuesday, you felt super anxious for like half the day, you know, you maybe had a bit of an anxiety attack, or maybe it was a panic attack, or maybe you just like weren't present all all morning and you really didn't enjoy it because you were just like in a million places and your body was all like jittery and full of butterflies and didn't feel good. Why did that happen? And that's where I encourage everyone to allow yourself to put on your detective hat and start to try to literally be a detective of your own life and figure out what is the source that is creating that anxiety? Where is it coming from? And from there, beautiful things start to happen. And I mean beautiful. You start to see your truest self and you start to get closer and closer to that place that we all desire, which is to be in a place of alignment. And when we start to do that, life just gets better and better and better. And that's when we go from owning our anxiety to owning our entire lives. Superhumanize. This is a really, really good tip you just gave, and that also resonates with me as a biohacker, which is taking notes, you know, observe, track what's happening in your life, uh, especially, you know, in retrospective, you will be able to figure out things that, you know, caused your anxiety, and yes. you'll be able to manage them better. Another thing also, I think that's very important for people who do have anxiety is to realize Uh, that there's often a lot of guilt involved with having anxiety. At least it's mm -hmm. like that for me. For me, often it's, um, you know, I feel guilty about it because I can't, there's not a specific thing sometimes that I can blame my anxiety on. And that's where your tip with keeping track, keeping a, a notebook would really come in handy. And I have another little side um, trick or tip to share. It works for me. I don't know if it would work for anyone, but what you said about caffeine, coffee, oh my God, do I love coffee. However, yes, it will make me anxious. So I just recently um, switched from coffee to matcha tea. And nice. because of the high levels of L-theanine and also other uh, compounds contained in matcha tea, you get the focus, uh, you get the energy, but it's calm, it's soft, it doesn't have the edge of caffeine. And um, I mean, of course, if I drink a gallon of matcha tea, I'll also get anxious. But if I have two, three cups during the day, it's actually a very great replacement for myself for mm -hmm. caffeine. So whoever wants to try that because you still want or need a little lift me up, it might be a good alternative. Yeah. I've heard a lot of great things about matcha tea as well. Um, and if I can just share one kind of cute little uh, self-hack and, um, you know, sort of personal. Please. Okay. Awesome. Personal inspiration uh, tip for everybody. Y'all are going to think this is super cheesy, but just try it. I think it might work for you. I have something that I call the triple P, okay? Personal PowerPoints. And uh -huh. basically, every time I make a decision about something in life that is for my higher self, my better self, you know, my future self that will be grateful and thankful that I chose rather than the self that just wants that instant gratification, you know, that wants the ice cream right now or wants to crack open the wine right now or you know, wants to sleep 10 hours because it feels good rather than, you know, going to bed early and, and waking up early and being productive, like all this short term uh, pleasures, all the times I say no to those like short term instant gratification, kind of lower vibrational self in order for my higher self, my future self, I give myself a personal PowerPoint. And mm. it's kind of fun to like, just, you know, loosely Take inventory of when you get a personal PowerPoint. And this idea about coffee and caffeine, I think, is a perfect example to insert this idea of how do you get a personal PowerPoint? Well, let's do this. Okay. Personally, when I'm traveling, and I do travel quite a bit, I know that It is in travel, although I love traveling, it is in the, the, the day, the actual travel day, you know, where I'm getting to the airport, where I'm getting into the hotel or the Airbnb, or I'm checking in, checking out, whatever. Those days 
seem to be more anxiety provoking for me than others. So on those days, what I do, I just don't consume caffeine. And by not consuming the caffeine, I get a personal PowerPoint because I know it's what my higher self actually wants or doesn't want, right? Because here's the thing. Again, if we look at anxiety as energy, and if you look at caffeine as energy. Oh, yeah. On a travel day, this this man right here, Julian, he's got plenty of natural energy, i.e. perhaps some anxiety, because of all the different variables and the quick moves and decisions and all the things that can come up, right? So I don't need more energy, i.e. caffeine, i.e. anxiety, because I've got enough in me. So I get a personal PowerPoint for, for taking the higher route. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. So, you know, first of all, invite everyone to, to, to sort of incorporate into your own life. If that feels natural and fun for you to give yourself personal PowerPoints, but it also is just, I think a very, very, very basic, easy to understand way to look at the relationship between anxiety and energy, or perhaps even to invite the idea into your life that anxiety is energy. And I love this idea of the PowerPoints. It kind of reminds me a little bit of um, kindergarten or school when you got gold stars and yeah. you felt so good about them. It's a great tool to make yourself feel good and to keep on track. I love it. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And in, in your book, you actually, like you already mentioned, you set out 99 ways to reclaim your body, mind, and soul. And you've already shared some real gold and wisdom with us. Um, but are there some other key tips you would like to talk about? I know listeners love this hands-on stuff. So if there's a few more you want to share, I'd be most grateful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Off the top, uh, one of the most important things that we can really get in the driver's seat of is our self-talk. Yeah. Okay. So how we speak to ourselves literally dictates how we feel and how we go through the day, the week, the month, the year, and ultimately our lives. So much of our anxiety can actually be created. And I'm talking about negative anxiety right now. The negative anxiety mm. can be created through negative self-talk, but it can also be shifted and become our superpower and our secret edge through the power of positive self-talk, you know? So with, with the concept of self-talk, it's first to just be a listener of how you're speaking with yourself. And then it's to allow yourself the opportunity to change that conversation and to practice replacement thinking. So if you catch yourself thinking negative thoughts to then allow yourself to actually shift them, you know? So I can't do whatever becomes, I can do whatever, or I'm not, able becomes I am able, I'll never be becomes I already am if I choose to be. And it's, it's in those moments that we start to shift our self-talk that we end up growing in incredible ways. Another thing that I would love to share is, uh, well, I mentioned this sort of briefly and just an example before, but I want to hone in is the idea of moving your body. Movement is so crucial to anxiety, especially if we can all agree that anxiety is energy. So if you have all that energy, you know, you got to put it somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. If you just let it sit inside of you at your desk or at your cubicle, or, you know, when you're driving your kids to school, like it's not going to go anywhere, but drive you absolutely cray cray. You got to move that energy around. So having a daily movement practice is so crucial. Hydration, I mentioned, so important. They say statistically that women should consume two to three liters of water a day, men three to four. Of course, everybody's different, so practice bioindividuality, but that is what the data says. Another very important thing, I think, is a little bit more on the metaphysical side, uh, which again, for everyone listening, is you know outside of the physical. And that is uh, what I like to refer to uh, in the book as know your direction. Mm. And to allow yourself the space to try to, you know, uh, reward yourself 
with the ability and the uh, empowerment to know your direction in life. You know, if, if we know where we're going, why we're here, what our goals are, what our meaning is for this life, then it is far more challenging to get anxious, depressed, confused, lonely, because we're going forward in a direction that we're proud of and that we love and that we didn't just end up in, you know, because someone told us to go there, society did, but we thoughtfully put ourselves in that direction. So knowing our direction is so, so, so important. Another one, let's see if I can, if I can offer one more. Yeah, here's a fun one. It's kind of on the same idea of self-talk, but it's, uh, it's taken it to a different place. There's this concept in the book that I call the mirror trick. And basically it's as follows. Every time we walk past a mirror, we all have some sort of quick conversation with ourselves, right? Generally speaking, it goes something like, whoa, you look really tired. Look at those bags in your eyes. Oh my gosh. Have your teeth gotten more yellow? You, you, it's the wine. Is it the coffee? You need new toothpaste. Wow. Are you losing your hair a little bit? Huh? You really shouldn't have eaten that last night. You're, you're, you're looking a little heavier than usual. Jeez, are my muscles smaller than they used to be? Oh man. Why did I choose this shirt? It looks terrible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all have this really, really, really self-deprecating dialogue with the mirror. And the mirror trick, right? Everyone's laughing right now, I'm sure. It's true. The mirror trick puts that on its head and it says, no, 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 no. I will not finish a conversation with myself in that mirror on a low. Every time I pass a mirror, the last thought needs to be a compliment toward myself. And what that does is it boosts your confidence. It makes you way more joyful, way more positive. And it almost makes you giggle a little bit like, <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not so bad after all. I kind of got a little swag, don't I? I'm looking all right. <laughs> yeah, you go, girl. You go, boy. Yes. And all of a sudden, you got more hop in your step. You raise your vibration. You feel better. You are more charismatic, and people can feel that glow. And, you know, we can talk about data. We can talk about science. There's 98 references in the back of my book. We could talk about all that stuff. I'm happy to. But I'll tell you this. Sometimes we overcomplicate the conversation by going into all the data and the research. And let's just keep it simple. It is a hell of a lot harder to be anxious when you're feeling really good about life and about yourself. Superhumanize. You've shared so many really great tools with us here. There is one question I ask every guest, and that is, uh, you know, what is the most powerful, beneficial practice that you've incorporated into your life and that has benefited you mentally, spiritually, or physically? Will you share that with us, please? I created something many years ago called Breath of Gratitude. And at first it was just for me. And then I started to share it with my clients when I'm doing one-on-one -on -one work, when I'm leading seminars, workshops for corporations, or teaching yoga. I've been teaching yoga. I'm a professional instructor. I've been doing it on the side for a number of years now. And um, it's called Breath of Gratitude, like I said. And I don't start my day without it. First thing in the morning, before I even look at my phone, I either sit up in bed, cross-legged, or I place my feet on the ground while I'm still sitting in the bed. And I conduct what, what would be 10 very deep breaths from my nose to my belly, inhaling from the nose, directing the air to my belly. So my belly gets nice and big and puffy and round, almost like I've got a little baby in there. And as I inhale, I just say to myself, grateful am I for I think of one thing that I'm grateful for when my belly's totally full of air. And then as I exhale through my nose very slowly, I allow what I gave gratitude for to come closer and closer and closer to my heart center. I repeat it 10 times. And this is incorporating the concept of nose to belly breathing, which is a very, 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 very important way to breathe to calm the nervous system. And it also incorporates a gratitude practice, which Western uh, positive psychology experts and Eastern philosophers and healers all agree 
is arguably the most effective way to actually increase our vibration and bring inner peace, calm, contentment, and joy into our lives. Practice of gratitude. So by doing breath of gratitude, I incorporate two really key on your anxiety tools and just positive psychology tools into one. And it changes my entire outlook. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Julian. And I'd like to note here too, because um, uh, you have been uh, very humble in a sense when you described your own journey, but you have actually trained and collaborated with yogis from India, uh, with rabbis and priests in Jerusalem, uh, also with top medical doctors and uh, some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. And your own experience and learning all of this informs uh, what you are now sharing with us. And I'd like to know from you, what is next? And people want to reach out to you, get in touch. How can they do that? Absolutely. Happy to share that. Uh, and thank you for the kind words. So, you know, it's interesting. Like, like I shared at the beginning of this podcast, when we look back on our lives, you know, even though at times we go through these patches that are, you know, dark, scary, almost like little mini hurricanes or big hurricanes for some of us, uh, you know, we always get through to the other side, right? And then we look back uh, and, and we, we're like, oh, you know what? That actually was hard, kind of scary, tough chapter, but it taught me something. And now I understand why I went through that. And in my life, you know, the anxiety that I experienced when I built up Notable, but also the practice of building Notable to, to, to become an award-winning company that I was lucky enough to, you know, be able to build, grow both the business and myself as an individual, and then to ultimately sell. That experience, both the hard parts with anxiety, but the, the learnings on how to really build a brand is what led me to go and create own your anxiety, which at first I had no intention of actually like building a brand out of own your anxiety. I just wanted to help people hopefully suffer less than I did. But what I realized after own your anxiety is that I actually sort of unknowingly and unintentionally, it was just very much uh, organically built a second brand that also became a pretty big brand that uh, you know, developed a bunch of notoriety as well. I realized something, uh, given those experiences, but also this, you know, crazy COVID world that we've been in for the past year, I have, you know, listen, I've got a lot of things that I'm not great at. I had a learning disability my entire childhood. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to stop when I was skating and I played hockey since the age of six, I couldn't stop for the first five years. I was slow at all sorts of things. I can own that. No problem. It was hard at, 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 at the time, but you know what? It just kind of made me a little bit tougher. One thing I can say that I'm really good at is building brands. I, I'm a genius at building brands. And uh, at first I've done it for myself. And, you know, I've also had the great fortune of being able to advise and consult for various, uh, you know, very known brands as well as startup brands over the years. And I decided, given this wild COVID world where so many people are trying to pivot, you know, they're quitting jobs, they're getting fired, they're, they're closing businesses, they're starting new ones. I decided, you know, as much as I love to help people with their anxiety, I might be able to do even something bigger and better for the world. And that is, if I can help people who really desire to create a positive impact, learn how to create a positive impact through building their own brand, which will then not only build an impact, but also offer those individuals a new income stream that they can be rewarded for creating positive impact. I'm going to feel like I'm really doing my life's work and I'm doing something amazing for the world. So that's sort of how this is all sort of uh, evolved. And that's what I do now is I help people build their brand, but also build a healthy entrepreneur mindset so they don't lose themselves the way that I did back when I first started my own entrepreneurial journey. So that's kind of what I'm up to now. And uh, I recently uh, launched this new program. And you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to say that we're actually in seven countries already. 
helping people who are making impact and also want to make some income while changing the world. Um, and you know, it's, it's really rewarding to know that, 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 you know, some of these ideas from my media and branding life coupled with the mental health world are actually building entrepreneurs that will be able to survive the ups and downs of entrepreneurial life because they have the mindset in order to do so. And they're making a ripple effect by helping others through this work. So that's a beautiful thing that I'm so grateful to be able to share with you and with everyone listening right now. Oh, no, I wanted to know where can people find that information? Yeah, 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 for sure. So uh, best way to do it would be to hop on my website, julianbrass.com. Uh, and on all the social platforms that we all know and either love or don't love so much because we need <laughs> social media parameters, don't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me, you know, Julian Brass, J-U-L-I-N-B-R-A-S-S. So that's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. Uh, those are the main platforms that I'm sort of most active on. If you want to find me, hit right. me up on it, uh, Instagram.com slash Julian Brass. And uh, it's easy to find me. I will put all of that in the show notes too. And on a side note, I actually got your newsletter this morning with the tips for budding entrepreneurs and I loved it. Uh, oh, I'm so know, glad. Yeah, anything from the tips, the mental tips also, you are not your finances, uh, um, determine how much you need to live the life you want to live right now and so on. I highly recommend to subscribe to your newsletter. I'll put all of the information, of course, in the show notes. And um, there is a quote of yours that I really loved. It's, I haven't slayed all the demons of anxiety or unburdened myself completely from the shackles of expectations and influence, but I wouldn't trade this gift of anxiety for anything. And that's a fantastic quote, Julian. I will invite my own anxiety demon for tea today and see what it has to share with me. I really felt um, enlightened today, this talk with you. Thank you for sharing your insights, your experiences, and your tools. I am most grateful to you. And I also highly recommend your book. The, there's just amazing wisdom there for everyone who suffers from anxiety or knows and loves someone who does. Own your anxiety, 99 simple ways to channel your secret edge. Julian, thank you so much for being with us today. I just want you to know I am smiling ear to ear. You are such a beautiful soul. I am truly grateful that our paths have crossed and it was really an honor to be uh, in your company today and to be sharing this space with you and to be a guest on your podcast so thank you for having me and thank you everybody for listening i really hope that you took something positive out of this experience thank you so much julian from my heart to yours right back at you bye for now superhumanize Accelerated Evolution.